Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. We are a Jesus community telling the biggest story of God in Los Angeles. We're excited that you're joining the conversation with us today. Enjoy. I love that we get to do meetings in person and everything that you talked about. I mean, it, it never gets old, to be honest. Whether I hear somebody through meetings in person, the email that we'll get from somebody around the world, the coffee uh, or beer that I get to grab with somebody during the week, the reminders that God is transforming people in our community, because each of us, in, in a lot of ways, many of you have just been brave enough to come back to a faith community. You've been brave enough to say, yeah, I still want to be holistically all that I can be, that the answer to be only this part of my life or to be only this person, I have to somehow subdivide who I am and not be integrated. It's just not who I want to be as a human being. And uh, whether you're LGBTQ or straight, just sexuality and spirituality have always been at tension, it feels like. Uh, in, in a country like ours and the theology that's been provided, instead of us seeing and celebrating who we are is good, seeing and celebrating the, the beauty that God has in each of us. And I truly believe that we are telling the biggest story of God possible in Los Angeles in 2022, and that we're not doing it because of who's preaching or what the music's like. We're doing it literally through each and every one of your lives. And that's what I love about this place, is that New Abbey is here to highlight and to speak to your life into what's going on. And that's the thing uh, I think that God's going to keep using as we tell the story of one another. So thanks thanks for that reminder. Yeah, I appreciate that. So last week I didn't get to be here because uh, my family had COVID and we were quarantining. Uh, a lot of people had COVID. I'm like, did you get COVID over the break? Yeah, like half the room. There you go. Clapping for COVID. All right, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's an interesting way to go about it. But you know, it's okay, John. I like it. Um, but we're... What I've been thinking about through this entire break and really been praying, and I always do this really over the holidays, is just saying, God, where do you want to take us in 2022? And a lot of times uh, as I'm praying, uh, really there's like a word that kind of presents itself for who we're going to be as a community and kind of the trajectory of thought and conversation that we're going to have. And that word for me was really this word, listen. Uh, How do we listen well in 2022? That in 2020 and in 2021, there's a lot of things that were taking place in the world, and it feels chaotic at times, and it feels like we can't keep up, and the world is incredibly complex. And in the midst of all of that, that can either be an opportunity to be more angry or potentially more cynical or more frustrated at how things are working, and there should be space for that. And also, is there a space as COVID exposed the realities of our world for us to listen, for us to quiet ourselves? for us to hear how might God be speaking even in the midst of all of this, that we have a choice how we move into 2022. And so as we listen to God together in 2022, as we listen to one another's narratives, for me, it's also always important that we listen to the scriptures, that we listen to our tradition, that we don't just get here out of a vacuum, that we're here today because of thousands of years of history of faithful people who have listened well to God through all kinds of different seasons and reformations and revolutions and the mundane and all the kinds of different components of what it means to be human. And so uh, we're going to spend the entire year, and get ready for this because I know everybody's going to be so excited. We're going to spend the entire year reading the Torah. Yeah, and everyone got excited. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No big deal. If you don't know what the Torah is, that's the first five books of the Bible. It's called the Pentateuch. That's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. I mean, numbers, people, is going to be hot in the fall, right? It's coming at you strong. Just, I know the anticipation levels are up. We, you, if you want, like, a mega church way to grow a church, this is exactly how you don't do it. 
So that's just what we're good at here. But the Torah is powerful and beautiful because it is the Jewish gospel. It is the story of liberation. The Torah ends with Moses dying, and there's a river that's separating Moses from the promised land. Lights are going out. Um, And there's something really powerful about the Torah because it's a story of liberation where God rescues this marginalized people. A people group of slaves are freed, and this is how this God chooses to speak to the world. That the God, the God didn't choose to speak to the world through the powerful and the privileged and the elites. The God chose to spoke, speak to the world through slaves, uh, through telling a liberation story for every single human being. And even at the end of the Torah, we see that Moses doesn't enter the promised land because the story for us as human beings is one of figuring out life in the wilderness. We want stories to be happily ever after. But that's just not humanity. We're grown-ups now. And we know that the stories are way more complex and way more rich, and they have a bunch of nuance to them. And there will be a promised land, but the Torah ends there because it's always inviting the people of God to say, now it is your turn to write the next chapter. You have made it through the wilderness. God has liberated you. God has been faithful to you when you were in Egypt and when you were figuring your life out in the desert, when you couldn't quite show up to church for a year, and then when you finally got there and your palms were sweaty, God was with you there. So imagine where God will be with you now, that you have community, that you can be your true self, that you can embrace your femininity, that you can do whatever it is that you need to do. As you enter into your promised land in 2022, will you listen to all the things that God has shared with you in the wilderness? And so we'll spend time in the Torah looking at these stories, reclaiming them, saying we as the people of God have so much to learn from those that have come before us. And although the narratives look different in the different centuries uh, that have come before us, to be human has not changed much. That we're constantly figuring it out. We're constantly wrestling. There are moments of hope and there are moments of sorrow. There is moments of beauty and celebration and there are moments where we need God to go ahead of us in a pillar of fire and smoke because we do not know our way. And so we'll spend an entire year with one another looking at these big, beautiful stories that have been leading and guiding the people of faith for thousands of years. And would we, New Abbey, in 2022, as we listen well to God, would we write a new chapter in this story? Honestly, I should have finished there. That was a great sermon. That was just my setup. Should we just go home? You're not going to. So here's your first question to to answer with one another. What was a good experience you had in 2021? Find three or four people around you. Like question to start with, enjoy. A few years ago, I was at the park with my kids, and we were in the Midwest, and we were with my wife's family, and it just was one of those moments as a parent where you were just doing everything you can not to lose your mind. Uh, My kids were just going absolutely crazy. One of my kids was having, I I mean, a mental breakdown. I'm not sure what was going on, right? Um, You did everything we could in our ability to try to console him, but at the end of the day, sometimes, like you're six people, and it's just hard to be a human being. And many of you, if you could do it, you would have the same tantrum, right? Some of you do, but that's a different story. And so in, when you experience that type of chaos, many of us do what we're designed to do. It's either fight, flight, or freeze, even with your child. And you have to grow and evolve and really develop some skills to approach your child or to have a different posture in that moment. And as I'm sitting there and as I'm like depressed about my life in that moment, a family member comes over to me and says, 
see, we're just all depraved. What? That's a weird thing to say to somebody right now. And it was interesting to me that, oh, these are the stories that we've been given. Life is chaotic. There's something difficult going on and inundated within our narrative as a, as a country. Really, Western civilization is, oh, we're depraved as human beings. There is something bad about us. Something is wrong about us. And God needs to fix this thing. Instead of the story being, no, we are good human beings made in the image of a creator, and we have the capacity to create right now and not just react. In this moment, I can create calm. I can get curious. I can offer comfort. I can provide care. And I can be losing my mind internally because I'm the adult here. Do I do it perfectly every time? God, no. But those are the things that we strive for because of the image that we're made in. And so the narratives or the stories that we've been given absolutely shape who we are as human beings. And so today I want to think about this reality that if we are made in the image of our creator, our creator made the world good. And if our creator made the world good, then we are good. So how do we think about being creators of good in 2022? And to do that, we're going to talk about something. We're going to talk about Babylonian cosmology. I know, pretty exciting. You're welcome. Yeah, that was a clap. You clap for that. That's good. Yeah, some of you are like, I don't even know what that means. You'll find out. Um, the Eternals. And if we can talk about the Eternals, then my favorite word. Hey, you can also just keep clapping every word if that's what you want. Uh, some of you don't you know, care about ancient history, but the Eternals, I guess. Tove, and if we talk about Tove, then let there be. And if we can see what God did when he said, let there be, then there was. And then God saw that it was good. And then we can talk about rest. And if we can talk about rest, then we can talk about trusting in care. In the ancient world, the Babylonian cosmological story, fancy way of saying their creation story, was all about some gods who were angry at one another. And there was a god, Tiamat, who was the god of the waters in Marduk, came in and cut Tiamat up, and in cutting Tiamat up, created the cosmos as we know it. And out of the creation of this other god being cut up, out of this chaos, then human beings were created to be slaves or servants to the gods. That the ancient story of creation that we were given was a story that human beings were only created to be in service to the gods. That we didn't have any, any real value, that we really didn't have anything that was good about us. We were just here to be in servitude. And then the system, the narrative that was created out of that is that God chose these kings or queens or emperors, and then forever we had to be in servitude to them because God chose them. And there was this ancient wheel that we were all on, and there was no way of escaping the wheel. And you were never even given the freedom to think about escaping the wheel because this is just the way that the gods made the world. And so who would you be to question this bigger story of things? And I imagine that for all of us, there just was a story that you were given about God and about humanity and about creation, and that's just the way that it is, and who are you to question these things? And then you read Rob Bell. Or then you listened to the Liturgist podcast. Or then you did something because the internet and social media and life over the last 20 years has provided new information to human beings where you no longer get to question things and then you have to leave the church. Now you can question things and there can be faith communities for you to enter into in which you can continue to ask bigger questions about God. 
that you realize that in my asking questions, in my asking for a different narrative about who God is and what it means to be human, that somehow I'm not being disobedient or a heretic or something is wrong with me. Rather, the story and the questions that I'm asking are contributing to a larger story of God and who God is in the world. And so the ancient Jews first came across this Babylonian story when they were in exile. The thing that's helpful about understanding the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament is that the Hebrew Bible is written from a marginalized perspective, as really the entire Bible is. Judaism has never forgotten that their narrative is from a marginalized perspective. Christianity, over the years, as we became more powerful, did. And as we became more powerful, as we aligned ourselves with the empire, as we as evangelicals, I mean, not we anymore, but whatever, recovering evangelical, whatever the heck you are, people, right? Uh, for many people in our world, we realize is that evangelicalism was a version of faith in Christianity that was dominated by being in power. But faith in Christianity and Judaism is never at its best when it's powerful. It's at its best when it's marginalized. It's at its best, not when it has certitude, but when it has actual faith, when it is in need of something beyond itself. And so we look to the Jews in their moments of exile throughout the Hebrew scriptures, or even throughout this, the entire history of Judaism, to see a very different version of how you approach God, a very different relationship to God than oftentimes Western Christians have had. And so what we see in this moment is that the Jews are in captivity in 586 BC, everybody's favorite year in the ancient world, and they're in Babylon, and they're hearing this ancient creation story about Marduk and Tiamat, and the Jews do something revolutionary at that time. They write down their creation story. And they write down their creation story so that even though they're no longer in Israel, even though their temple has been destroyed, even though their entire way of life has been taken from them, that wherever Jews go in the world, they would have their story and they could still listen to the truth about their humanity, about who God is. That they could carry these words with them and that they could speak this truth in any place that they may go into the world. Because there are a lot of narratives out there that are competing for your attention. There are a lot of narratives out there that have even been created for, by Christianity that are competing for your attention. Some of those narratives are actually much more new. A lot of the narratives about how depraved you are and how horrible you are and the wretched sinner you are that God needs to kill his own son to make God happy for you are not stories that have actually been in the church for 2,000 years as our primary theology. In fact, a lot of those stories came out and were really expressed in a bigger way over the last 500 years. And they had much more to do with a lot of other historical events than they did with uh, a theology that's helpful or healthy for humanity. And so for the ancient Jews, there was a different way of seeing the story of God. And so it was the juxtaposition of the Babylonian story, that human beings are no good, that they're in servitude uh, to the gods, that the Jews created this story that we have with us that has lasted thousands of years when they actually written, wrote it down. And it's a story about our goodness. It's a story that you know, because uh, you've heard it many times. In Genesis 1, it goes like this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and empty. And darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was... It'll come back, I promise. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. So God... Nope. And then the next part says, it was good. But that's okay, we're gonna get there. Verse 27 then goes on and says this, 
So then God created human beings in God's own image. In the image of God, God created them. Male and female, God created them. And then in verse chapter 2, it says this, So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. And on the seventh day, God had finished God's work of creation, so God rested from all God's work. There's a bunch of verses that we skipped in there, but most of you know the story, whether you were Jewish or Christian or anything. It's just a story that is popular uh, within our, our culture, is that it's a story of creation which God creates and creates and creates, and then God says that it's good, and that it's good, and that it's good. And so many of us, we've been given other stories in the world that have said, you are bad, you are bad, you are bad. Something is wrong with you. You need to be fixed. God is on a rescue mission for your life. Instead of the story reminding you, you know, you are good, you are good, you are good, and you are creators with God in this good world. That is the story that we've been given, but we've moved away from that story uh, for many different reasons. And so we always want to come back and reclaim the deepest truth about what it means to be human. Uh, I had COVID, and so I got a lot of time to watch Marvel movies because it's a good thing to do. I watched that in Selling Sunset, but whatever. You know, you do what you want with it. Hey, there you go. I, lo I love this crowd right there, right? That's so good. Someone's like, babies were being born. Selling Sunset, you know? Ah, it's a beautiful crowd. It's good to know. And so, as I'm watching these Marvel movies, what I love about Marvel is that Marvel's done this incredible job of creating an entire Marvel universe. There's an entire cosmology of creation that's taking place. And it's the, the so thank you very much. The multiverse, excuse me. I was a heretic up here for just a moment. And this entire multiverse is a story that's being created, uh, and it's incredibly complex and beautiful. And what's interesting about these stories in a lot of ways is that their stories are diverse in how they're told. It's not like your normal Disney movie that does end with happily ever after. In the Marvel movies, there's all these different features that are going on. But one of the common things about a Marvel movie is that you have a superpower. And so the way that you engage with the larger narrative is because you have this extraordinary thing about you. And the story of creation is a powerful story for humanity because imagine thousands of years ago when you didn't have a superpower, when you weren't elite, when you weren't the best of the best, when you didn't make seven figures or whatever the thing is that you needed to do, when you were a slave, that's when God comes in and says, no, you are good. You don't have to be Thor, and you don't have to be Black Widow, and you don't have to be some extraordinary person that everybody writes stories about. You don't have to be Gilgamesh. You don't have to be, you pick a story from history. No, every single human being is made in the image of the divine. Imagine how revolutionary that was, that a bunch of slaves were given that story. And that because a bunch of slaves were given that story, and because they held that, that we're sitting here thousands of years later because of their faithfulness. We're not sitting here thousands of years later telling about the destruction of Tiamat and how she was split apart to create the oceans and land because that was a story that was rooted in power. That was a story that is only is held together when a few powerful people maintain their power. But the story of creation that we're given is a story that every single human being is given and that every single human being gets to live into. The word for good in these stories in Hebrew is the word tov. Say tov with me. And I love that in this creation story, we just continue to hear this deeper reality about the goodness of the way that things were created. And there's a reason that it's our first story. There's a reason that goodness just keeps coming up because sometimes as human beings, it's easy for us to forget our goodness. It's easy for us to forget the truth about who we are. 
I was sitting with my oldest son the other day, and he was having one of those moments again where he was just kind of just really upset, and he had gotten in trouble for some things, and I'd gone into his room to kind of create some repair and to comfort him a little bit, and he said something that just broke my heart. He said, I don't like myself. I'm like, oh. I said, come here, big guy. Let dad hold you a second. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes in and describes a little bit more. I think I do these things, and I think you love my sister and brother more than me, things that we all experience at some point in our lives. And I said, of course dad loves you, and of course dad likes you. And then, you know, dad's also a pastor, so let me tell you a story about Jesus. (laughs) And I did, because, again, I'm a pastor. And I said, oh, this is why dad loves the story of Jesus' baptism. Do you know that story? He says, I think so. And I said, you know, what does God say to Jesus? God says to Jesus, you're my child, and I love you, and I like you. And why I love that story about Jesus is if it's true about Jesus, it's true about us as human beings. And so dad remembers that story all the time because sometimes I forget it too. Sometimes I forget that I'm not God's child. Sometimes I forget that I'm loved. Sometimes I forget that I'm liked. And I said, so will you help me? When I forget that I'm not loved, when I forget that I'm not liked, will you remind me of it? He says, deal. And we shook hands, did a thing, and went and played football. That we're invited into this creation story of goodness. There can be another story about how things aren't right, but what we're invited to is that God is the creator of goodness in the world, and as as God's creation, as the crown of God's creation, as the pinnacle of God's creation, we have the capacity to offer goodness to the world as well. And when we forget it, we get to be reminded that Tove is there. I love it. I didn't even know this was going to be up here today, but, you know, pivot. Let's use the things. This is how the thing works. We just hit it like this. Wow, that's it. That's good. Wow. Talented. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Didn't even plan on this, but here we are. Welcome. What I love about it is it really does remind me of a deeper note that's in the world. That whenever I forget who I am, it's Tove. Whenever I forget that I am beautifully and wonderfully made, Tove. Whenever I forget it, I'm like, oh my gosh, the creations. When I look at the stars, when I look at the moon, when I look at the sun, when I look at the air that we breathe, when I'm experiencing just life around me, when the birds are singing, Tove. Oh, we got a little beat to it now. Then when I have COVID and when I'm depressed and for whatever reason, I'm watching Selling Sunset a lot. And I'm wondering why I don't live in a multi-million dollar mansion in Hollywood Hills. And my kids come in and they lay on top of dad. When I live in a world where Christianity and the church has hurt so many different people, but I realize, oh, that doesn't have to be the story. And Luca can come up and share a story about his journey and about celebration and figuring himself out. When I realize that as a pastor, it's not my job just to tell the message. It's my job to hear the message as well. Tove. That this is the work that we get to do with one another. That Tove is just written into the story. That there's goodness baked in all around us. But would we listen to it? Would we hear that it's there? And in the story, I love that God invites us into being creators in it. I love how God creates. It says, and God said, let there be. That for each of us in 2022, I believe that we have some choices to make. We can continue to participate in cynicism. We can continue to participate in some type of fatalism. And I've already heard it in myself. Oh, here's 2022 again. It's going to be a lot like 2020 and 2021. How many of you have heard that narrative and been repeating it yourself? That doesn't have to be the story. Why? Why does 2022 have to be just as bad as 20 and 2021? No one has written what the future holds yet. We get to choose to have a different narrative in this thing. 
We get to choose to say, why isn't 2022 just filled with tov? Why can't it be filled with goodness? That why, do, why do we have to react to the world? My God is not, I'm not made in the image of a reactor. I'm in the, made in the image of a creator. So I can create goodness because my God creates goodness. My voice got high there. Woo! That we have some choices to make. The rabbis would tell the story about our participation in creation and goodness, and they would say, what if the entire cosmos was on a scale? And what if in this very moment, goodness and evil were perfectly balanced out? Righteousness and unrighteousness. And in this moment, your one choice would change the balance of these scales. Ooh, that's a way to look at things. What if in this moment, I don't put onto the size of some type of fatalistic future that the year is gonna be bad? I don't choose the side of cynicism. What if in this moment, I choose the side of good? What if in this moment, I choose a different path? What if in this moment, instead of yelling at my kid or being angry and wondering what's going on and moving into flight, flight, fright, or freeze, I move into calm or care or comfort or curiosity? What if in every moment I have a choice that I get to make to rebalance the scales of the universe? And that's what God invites us into. And I don't have to be a superhero to do that. They don't have to write giant mythological stories about me to do that. That every single human being, male, female, they right, are created in the image of God. Now, what a powerful opportunity to remind myself of who I am, right? And God said, let there be. Because as human beings, we have this power of imagination and ideas and creativity. That how many of us have started this year and we have resolutions or new things that we wanna step into? And my question for you is, what are the things that you wanna create in this world in 2022? What if you're saying, I'm gonna give up on this story of cynicism and anger and frustration, and I'm gonna step into a story of creation? And what would I want to be in this world? How might I go and create that? No one's gonna hold you to it, but how do I just get myself mentally into that place? We already know that sometimes it takes six months to a year from when we have an idea to actually executing that idea. That means that idea's gotta sit within us for some time. What would it look like for me to say, let there be calm in my life? Something I've been thinking about as a dad who's been stuck in COVID is let there be fun in my life. What if I just don't need to correct them all of the time? What if my job is to come out and play? I've realized as I, this, I just haven't been on social media very much in the last few months because I just realized what it was doing to me. And I realized, oh, it's just made me so angry because you know what's weird is I can't control eight billion other people on planet Earth. Shocker. And so what it's done inside of me is, oh, let there be gentleness. Oh, how? Because I'm not gonna participate in just consuming all this other information that I can't control. How as I step away from it, as I create space within me, well, I just have a different type of gentleness for showing up into my marriage or to my relationships or how I just meet and see people. And so if God is a creator of good, how are we creators of good? And so God said, let there be. And then I love the next part, and it was so. And that's for me is, an, is a moment where we move from ideas and imagination and creating a way of being or a thing. Maybe there's a business that you wanted to start, a relationship that you want to have. This is the year that you're going to be honest and coming out. This is the year. Whatever the thing is for you, you're going to say, let it be. And then what's going to get you to? And it was so. And it was so. I don't just sit around and twiddle my thumbs and say, I'm going to be fun. Stop doing that. <laughs> I'm going to be fun. 
And I've gone up just a little bit before my kids get up, and I just sit there in my bed and I reflect of how can I be fun when they get out of bed? Because there's three of them, so it's a, you know, a crapshoot about how they're going to get out of bed. <laughs> that depending on, on their moods or whatever, but how do I get out and how do I get to create an energy that is reminding them of their truths and who they are and their goodness and we have fun. And even if they're in a different place because they're four, six, and eight years old, they don't even want the lobes yet, right? How can I do something different that just creates fun? And it was so. And I get out of bed, and we laughed, and we made pancakes together, and we played dinosaurs, and then we did football, and then we had a lot of frozen castle time, and it was so. And then I want to create that business. I'm going to get a business coach. I'm going to support somebody. Man, I need to come out. I'm going to find that therapist, and it was so. I'm going to change this habit about me that has been hurting me and destructing me. I'm going to finally say something to somebody else. I'm going to get some accountability. I'm going to get into a smaller group. I'm tired of being lonely in Los Angeles in 2022. And so I'm thinking about joining a smaller group, and it was so. Maybe that's it. Man, I just wanted to talk to a pastor or know that somebody else is out there because I don't know what to do with all of these questions. I had the idea, and I made a commitment, and it was so. That part of life at the end of the day, and this is not always popular, I feel like, in progressive or liberal cultures because we're doing such a good job of caring for ourselves that we're scared to say sometimes we got to execute some things. That if we're going to go on the marches and celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., then we also need to execute some things in the ways that we practice anti-racism, discuss our whiteness, go join a school board. I don't know what the thing is, that we change justice in this world, that we have to participate in a different way. And it was so. So I don't know what your idea is in 2022, but trust that God is already stirring some goodness within you. And then go make a game plan to go execute that thing because some things just need to be committed to. I know me, man, it was December 30th, 2021. I'm like, I am going to eat so healthy this year. By 10 a.m. January 1st at the Rose Parade, I had already had two bacon-wrapped hot dogs. Because sometimes life is just hard. And sometimes we have a great idea two days ago, and then you gotta go execute that idea, and it's hard. It's just difficult. And that's okay. I can still live into my goodness and create a new game plan and move forward. And I love how the story goes. God said, let there be light, and it was so. And God saw the light and said that it was good. And my favorite part about that is that after speaking this reality into existence, after going to create this reality, God saw it, looked back, and said, this thing is good. As we become people and stewards and creators of goodness, we begin to see goodness in other people as well. And maybe the most powerful thing that you can do in 2022 as you commit to creating a different way of being within yourself, as you commit to living into that goodness in a different way, is that at some point this year, you're gonna see goodness in someone else and you're gonna call it out and they're gonna need that from you. I'll always remember being in college and I was dating my wife at the time and in college, I mean, I just, just are you just gracious to yourself when you look back? Like, who was that guy? right? He was so insecure. He was in such pain. He hadn't dealt with a lot of things yet. He had an unhealthy, toxic religion that shaped the way that he saw the world. And sometimes he was just an idiot. And I remember being in this conversation with one of my mentors, and I was talking about being in a relationship with Carissa, and uh, someone else had chimed in about like, oh, Corey, you're like crazy, blah, 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 sort of thing. And my mentor stopped everyone in the room and said, oh, I know why Chris dates you. And he just named like these five like really good, beautiful things about me. And I always remember thinking like, oh my God, I needed that in my life. 
because I was repeating this narrative that I thought I had to repeat just to protect my insecurity. No, I'm this guy, and I'm the wild and crazy guy, and I gotta be obnoxious, and I gotta go do these things, and I'm getting really loud, and I do all of these things in the world because I'm just trying to protect myself from all of the pain and hurt that I have inside. But I'm 20 years old, and I don't know that yet. And so I need somebody else who's created some good in their life, who's done the work of maturity, who's done the work of evolution, and because they've done the work of finding goodness in their life, now they have the ability to call it out in me even when I couldn't see it. Man, New Abby, would that be you in 2022? Would you call out the goodness in people all year long? That I know it might be hard to step into some things right now, but would you know that you're doing it because it's not just for you, but other people need it as well. And I'll finish with these two things because sometimes you can get up here on a New Year sermon and you're like, you know, guys, we're just gonna create some dreams and we're gonna go execute it and we're gonna change the world. But also, I love that the whole passage is holistic and integrated. Maybe what you need to create in your life in 2022 is some real rest. I love that the story ends with that. There's a lot of good things to create. Rest doesn't just happen. When I'm sitting around with COVID, then you realize, I don't want to just rest because I'm forced to quarantine. I want to rest because when I do rest, when I give myself the time to reflect and to listen to what God's doing to me, I have all kinds of more creative ideas about how I can offer this goodness to the world. And so maybe this isn't a season where you're going to go create the thing and you're the next creator of Amazon, or I don't know what your thing is, a beautiful piece of art. Maybe it's just a moment of, no, what I need to go create is some space to heal myself this year. I need to create a space where I can slow down. I'm going to create some space to stop, and I'm going to go execute on that because that's what I need in the world. And when I do that, I believe I'm going to have more goodness to offer the world. And then I'll end with this. And I always forget this. I'm the pastor who always forgets this. But I trust God. I'm an Enneagram 3, and I love to create. I love to be busy, and I love to make things in the world. And sometimes when I'm running at a million miles an hour, I'm reminded of the fact, am I trusting God? Am I trusting a good creator who made a good world, who made good human beings, who have the capacity to do incredible good, that together we can change the balance of the entire universe? Am I just trusting in that? I'm not trusting in what God will do. Am I just simply trusting that God will care for me? And how can I trust that God will care for me? Because I'm here today. God has cared for me up to this point. There might be a wilderness that I'm going through and there's a new promised land ahead and I don't know what that will be yet, but what I trust that God's gotten me thus far and God will get me through the rest of the journey as well. What I trust not only in my care, what I trust in your care as well. That when you're losing your mind about that conversation, about that social media post or the thing that you can't control in the world, would you trust that God's gonna care for them? Would you trust the goodness that's in their lives as well? And that in doing so, we're gonna see goodness transform the world. And so New Abbey in 2022, would we have new ideas of goodness that are already bubbling up inside of you? Would you listen to those well? Would you not only speak those ideas into existence, would you also go create those ideas into the world? And as you create them, as you commit to them, as you support the cultivation of what those things are, would you also come to a place where you can simply look back at all of creation, the things that God's doing in your lives and the lives of others, and would you call out the goodness around you? And maybe in that place of calling out that goodness, would you also find some rest? And in all of it, do we trust that God's going to care for us? And so we too are creators of good. We are made in the image of this creator, and we too will go create it as well. Would you get back in those same groups and answer this question with one another? How can you be a creator of good in 2022? 
Enjoy. Thanks for listening to the New Abbey podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.